0: Welcome back to the Red Fern Book Review. I am your host, Amy Mayer. And today we're going to travel two hours north, virtually of course, to Whistler and meet with Whistler Public Library Program Coordinator Jeanette Bruce. And we're going to talk about short fiction and fantasy, and she's got this great book club that she runs, and anyone can join, and I'm going to fill you in on that as well. But before we get to Jeanette, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things that I'm listening to right now and watching. So the first thing, I wanted to do an update on two episodes ago, uh, my episode, My Rembrandt, As soon as I finished recording, I immediately heard from one of my listeners. Okay, it was my mom. But she wanted to let me know that, in fact, there is a Netflix show that just came out um, all about the Gardner Museum theft. And you've probably seen it if you're hanging out on the couch like me. And it's called It's a Robbery. And it's excellent. So if you're interested in this... um, mystery or theft check it out. It's a four part docuseries and it does a complete deep dive. There's 3D models of the space they talk at length with the art director, police reporters, criminals I mean it's all there and um, if you're wanting a concrete conclusion you're not going to get one but you're going to get a lot more information than you ever had. I learned a ton. So Um, check that out. And the second thing I wanted to mention, um, my friend Sheila talked to me about a great new cookbook that she's enjoying, and it's called the Milk Street Cookbook. So she's an excellent home cook, and I thought I would check it out. And when I looked it up, I realized it's part of a whole kind of culinary empire run by a guy named Christopher Kimball. Uh, and he has a show on public television, he has a magazine, he has a cooking school, and he has a podcast and radio show all out of Boston at 177 Milk Street, thus the name of his cookbook and show. And so I recently dropped in or tuned into his podcast, and it's excellent. His whole... um, his whole philosophy is that ethnic cooking is dinner or lunch served somewhere else in the world. And so what he likes to do is explore different cultures um, and through food and find ways to bring people together. And I tuned in to a recent episode, and it was about how there are similarities between uh, Sri Lankan cooking and Southern cuisine. And the other thing they talked about at length was there's a brand new pasta shape. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but they went on forever about it. And I was actually super interested in it. It's called something like casciatelli. That might not be quite right. But um, it's designed in the shape of a waterfall. And this guy did it. And it's I think it's been written about in the New York Times. It's, it's a thing. So you could check that out. And the other great thing were... Um, the listener questions it's it's for serious cooks but again even if you don't cook i think you'd really be interested um in in what they have to say so that's what i have to say there and we are going to move over and talk with jeanette hello jeanette thank you so much for joining me today
1: hi amy it is such a pleasure to be here with you
0: So with us today is Jeanette Bruce, and um, she is, I almost want to call her an artist extraordinaire up at Whistler. She's up to all kinds of things in the arts up at Whistler. But um, one of her main things that she does is she works for the uh, Whistler Public Library. She's a program coordinator there. And she's also involved with Armchair Books, which is one of my favorite bookstores. It is um, that quintessential old-fashioned cozy bookstore. There's a little cafe in the back. And what I like about that bookstore is it has a, a great staff pick shelf. And you'll see a lot of the kind of regular, um, you know, books that you would expect that are on the bestseller list. But I always find kind of one or two kind of unexpected choices up there. So when I'm at Whistler, I I try to stop in. But what Jeanette does is, she, I'm going to ask her about this a bit more. But she does a, a book club um, and does book reviews. And so, tell me, tell me a little bit about the book club that you facilitate.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, the book club was a um, sort of the brainchild of myself and the public services librarian um, at Whistler Public Library, Nadine White. So when I was a shop girl, like doing, doing working full time at Armchair Books, um, I met Nadine and lots of the library staff, of course, um, you know, book people always find other book people. And uh, I got to know Nadine and we started brainstorming about a partnership between the bookstore. And in the library. And it would be a monthly book club open to everybody, um, facilitated by myself. Um, and I had never done anything like that. But I was just so excited to talk to people about books that I, uh, I just took the plunge. Um, and of course, uh, Amy, you and your listeners know that sometimes it's hard to find a book club that isn't really just a a social group, a friend group, you know, where you really get to talk about books. And so that was our aim with this book club was to, um, truly welcome any adult who wanted to join us and actually talk about the book for for an hour (laughs) Um, and so we hosted it at the library Um, I provided tea and snacks and I'm using past tense because obviously we're meeting on zoom right now but uh, we are still meeting um, and we we so we've been meeting virtually since March of last year and it's actually, um, the club has actually grown during COVID. Um, People seem to really love being able to join from their living room or their bedroom um, Mm -hmm. in their PJs um, with a glass of whatever they like to be drinking in the evening. Um, So we have, uh, our last, say, six or seven meetings have had 25 plus people in
0: attendance. (laughs) Now, could someone outside of Whistler join in?
1: Yes, absolutely. That has been, that's been one of the real pleasures, Amy. It's uh, because, because of course Whistler is somewhat transient as, as you know, and um, for, for folks who are not listening from Vancouver or the lower mainland um, as a ski town, people do tend to come and go from Whistler. And so one of the really cool things has been having previous members of the book club be able to join us again virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, And they might be in different time zones now, (laughs) Uh, or they might just be, you know, in Vancouver or um, we've got a whole sort of branch in New West that have been coming and uh, folks from the island. So it's been really amazing um, just seeing who shows up every month.
0: Okay, so let's move over and talk about the books. And what we're going to do today is a bit of a two-for-one deal. Um, We're going to discuss two books that are short stories, and Jeanette recommended short stories because... I think universally right now, um, reading can be hard for a lot of people. And so we're going to talk about short stories during this time. And then a personal interest of hers, she really enjoys fantasy. So, um, I said I was game to explore fantasy and I don't read a lot of fantasy and I associate fantasy with wonderful children's books. Mm. But, um, so I, I don't know if these are if we can call these gateway fantasy books, or I think accessible to others. So, I guess first uh, talk. Let's talk about um, short stories during this time, and and what Mm -hmm. your thoughts are around that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, as somebody who has reader as part of their identity, um, and I'm sure you consider yourself the same, Amy, and lots of your listeners do, um, losing the ability. To read or losing the attention span to read was a real. Um, it was it, it was uh, sort of like a identity crisis <laughs> for yeah. me last year, and so I'm really glad that I um, discovered the fact that short fiction could um, get me back into reading, and especially for somebody who reads, you know, I don't know, sixty or seventy books a year normally. Um, you know, it was taking me a month or six weeks to get through a book that normally would have taken me no time at all. So short fiction was sort of my, um, lifeline, uh, when the pandemic first began last year. And, um, and I had been reading short fiction before that, but I think in the last year I've truly become a convert to, to short fiction. Um, and, And like you said, um, I'm also a big fantasy lover. And so, uh, you're totally right. The first book that I wanted us to talk about is definitely a gateway. So it, it ticks both boxes. It's a short, it's short fiction. Um, but it also has some, um, sort of baby's first fantasy, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) Um, let's talk about it. Sure. And so it's, um, I'm showing Amy the cover now. Yeah. Richard Van Camp's uh, Moccasin Square Gardens, and Richard Van Camp is a Dené author. He's so he's an Indigenous author, and he actually came to the Whistler Writers Festival in the fall of 2019. So the last time the festival took place in person. And he had the room in stitches reading from the first story in this book. And it's actually, it's called Aliens. So (laughs) there is immediately a a science fiction element. But the funny thing is that the story is, is actually just about a man asking a woman on a date. So it's a very familiar, very, I, I don't want to use the word mundane, but very, um, you know, everyday occurrence. Uh, it's simply two people in a town, um, a small town, and they've probably known each other for a long time deciding to go on a date. So while there is um, obviously a fantasy element, it's it's just a thread. So um, I think you can dip a toe in knowing that, most of the story will feel commonplace. Um, and there's just kind of a glimmer of fantasy. And I would say that there's only 10 stories in this book. It's mercifully, it's short. So um, that's the other thing. Not only are the stories short, the collection itself is short. So um, you could finish it in not too long and feel sort of accomplished. <laughs> but I would say that, um, well, eight out of 10 of these stories are... Um, sort of minimally fantasy stories. Um, they definitely have magical elements. You might say magical realism. Um, you, of course, they're indigenous stories, so they also incorporate um, indigenous spirituality, Dene spirituality, um, and so so. There's sort of a um, that element um, in some of these book, uh, stories. There are two in there that are like full on fantasy. <laughs> and funny enough, our book club read this book last last June and those were the two stories that people said, "Oh, I wasn't sure if I was going to like those." <laughs> But they, they did. They ended up loving them.
0: So do they have like a map where you have a special world and, <laughs> they, and they, they could in their own language? Is that, is that what we're talking
1: about? Well, it's it's interesting that you say that because in fact, so the the two chapters I'm talking about are the Weedigo Wars, part one and part two. And I believe last time I checked that Richard Van Camp is turning those into a graphic novel. Okay. And so with additional stories. So I think that it will be a fully fleshed out, um, fantasy world. Um, so we just get a taste from these two short stories that we're in the future. Yeah. Um, it's our world, but with a twist. Right. And, um, there are definitely non-human creatures interacting with, with humans. Um, and of course, one of the, um, elements of sort of indigenous science fiction and fantasy is often that, um, indigenous characters have to use skills, traditional skills, um, and sort of go back to the land to fight, um, some sort of fantastical creature or, um, some evil being, and that's the case here as well. So we see a future where traditional knowledge is helping indigenous people survive, which I think is so fascinating and educational. So, yeah. And educational, exactly. So so there you go. So you have um a, a short story collection with 10 stories. Um, eight of them have just those glimmers of fantasy, and then two of them are you know, your your fully realized um fantasy stories.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell tell me about the next book.
1: Mm. Okay, so if Moccasin Square Gardens is the baby's first fantasy short story collection, um How Long Till Black Future Month by N.K. Jemison It's for the converted, definitely. Okay. (laughs) So, um, I think you do need to, um, prepare yourself for a fully, um, um, fantastical, (laughs) immersive experience with this, um, with this book. And, um, I actually have a couple of quotes, um, bookmarked. Do you mind if I, do you mind if I read them? Because they're from the introduction and they just perfectly sum up, um, what this book is about really, um. So the author says, um, speaking about how long to Black Future Month, she says, it's a shameless pay-in to an Afro-futurist icon, the artist Janelle Monae, but it's also a meditation on how hard it's been for me to love science fiction and fantasy as a Black woman, how much I've had to fight my own internalized racism in addition to that radiating from the fiction and the business." How terrifying it's been to realize no one thinks that my people have a future. So that's pretty a pretty heavy um quote, but essentially what it's saying um, and what she speaks about in her intro is the fact that science fiction and fantasy as genres have lacked diversity for many, many decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and with, with some exceptions, of course, there are some wonderful authors like Octavia Butler is, is one of my favorites. And she's been writing science fiction with black characters for, for decades, but she was the exception, not the rule. So anyway, so N.K. Jemison is looking to celebrate a future with, um, with diversity, basically. Um, and I just think that's um, that really sums up this book. But what I will say about... The collection, and and it's a lot larger than the other book. Yeah. (laughs) And it has a lot more stories in it. But what I will say is that the thing I loved the most about this book is that the um, range of stories is just incredible. So, you have, for, just for example, there's a story a story called uh, Cuisine des Mémoires, and it's about an upscale restaurant that can serve meals from any point in history, and it will replicate them perfectly.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I want to go there. <laughs> I know, right? So,
1: um, so there you have contemporary setting in a real city with real people um, who don't have towers or anything like that, Um, but they're sitting down for this meal that is obviously fantastical. So so there are stories like that where the setting will feel familiar and you're just, um, there's one sort of conceit towards magic. That one is is so good. Um, You have other stories. Um, There's a story that takes place in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, um, but it involves Dragons. (laughs) Dragons <laughs> so, okay. so again, a real historical event with with real people suffering from real tragedies, but with a fantastical element um, but then you have stories that are entirely. Um, the creation of N.K. Jemison's mind. So, um, and some of them have actually become her long form fiction. So, some of these stories um. have become novels. Um, one one example is a story where you meet um, the city of New York. So, there is sort of an anthropomorphized. Um, person who is the city of new york which i i know is hard to wrap your (laughs) your head around Um, but that actually became her most recent novel uh, which is called the city we became so um Mm -hmm. yeah so and that's the other quote i have that i wanted to read which is sort of um a um kind of vouching for short fiction so she says Along the way, I learned that short stories were good for my long-form fiction. Writing short stories taught me about the quick hook and deep character. Short stories gave me space to experiment with unusual plots and story forms, future tense, epistolic format, Black characters, which otherwise I would have considered too risky for the lengthy investment of a novel. I started to enjoy writing short fiction for myself and not just as novel practice. So I, you know, that, that certainly makes me want to read more of her short fiction, especially knowing that it might turn into a novel someday. That's, that's quite a tantalizing idea.
0: It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And You've got a couple of other short stories that you were going to, you could just mention for people. Uh,
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, one of my other favorites uh, in the past year um, is, let's say fantasy adjacent. It's more fairy tales, really, um, but it's called The Swan Suit. And it's by uh, Catherine Fawcett, who's based in Squamish. So she's local to this area. Um, And it's actually her second collection of short stories. Her first was called The Little Washer of Sorrows. And it was also sort of based on um fairy tales. So she has just this the most whimsical voice and sort of um surreal and absurd. Um her stories every single one made me laugh out loud. Um and some of them are based on familiar fairy tales, but some of them are more just riffing on the idea of a fairy tale, sort of using the um, you know types of characters or the types of settings. Um, so I loved that book. I highly recommend. And if you're on the in the Lower Mainland, um, she's a great uh, local author that you can support. And um, the other short story collection that I was going to mention that is also local is called um, "The Crooked Thing," and that was by or is by another uh, Whistler author, actually Mary McDonald. And her stories are more. Um, contemporary fiction. They're less, less fantastical. So if you're listening and you're skeptical, (laughs) um, the crooked thing is more straightforward contemporary fiction. But what I found sort of the through line of her book was, um, is hope. Every story was about hope in its own way. And that really, I mean, that really resonated last year, um, in, in a very strange time when, um, I don't know. We didn't have a surplus of hope, so um, yes, the crooked thing uh, by Mary McDonald is another sh- short story collection that I I really loved in the last year.
0: That's great. And and what are you reading right now? What do you? What's on your nightstand right now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, funny enough, um, I just picked up a book from the library um, called Love After the End, and it's. It is a short story. Oh. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. But funny enough, um, it's it's actually edited by Joshua Whitehead, whose book just won Canada Reads. Um, oh. Yeah. So um, many of you listening probably know that um, Joshua Whitehead's book, Johnny Appleseed, just won Canada Reads um, here, in, here in Canada, if you're listening in Canada. Um, and I loved Johnny Appleseed when I read it um, a few years ago. And I saw that he had edited this short story collection, which is, um, specifically a collection of, um, queer indigenous, um, romance stories. Um, and so I thought I have to, I have to read this. I have to try it out. Um, so that is what I am, um, just starting. So no comments yet, but
0: (laughs) I'll have to check back in with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more. Um, anyway I wanted to thank you so much for joining me and I love the different perspective you're just two hours away but I feel like you're reading different things you're reading certainly reading different things than I'm reading and um, yeah thank you so much thanks for having me (laughs) okay I'll talk to you later thanks Amy thank you so much to Jeanette and I wanted to invite everybody to uh, check out her free uh, book club. And her next one is going to be held on May Wednesday, May 26th at 7 p.m. And to find out more about it, you can go to whistlerlibrary.ca. And the book is called Chop Suey Nation by Anne Hui. And it is about um, this woman's journey across Canada to look at uh, Chinese restaurants and and through that she learned a little bit about her own history in her own family and just to review I wanted to uh, review all the things that we talked about today and the first thing we talked about is it's a robbery on Netflix and the second thing we talked about was Chris Kimball's Milk Street Radio podcast and then the books we talked about were Richard Van Camp's Moccasin Square Gardens, and then we spoke about How Long Till Black Future Month by N.K. Jemison, and we touched on The Swan Suit by Catherine Fawcett, and The Crooked Thing by Mary McDonald. And Jeanette's currently reading Love After the End, an anthology of two-spirit and end queer speculative fiction edited by Joshua Whitehead. And that's it. So thank you so much. And I want to invite you to come back in a week or so. And I'm going to talk about two um, books that I've really enjoyed this year called Hamnet and Judith and Clara and the Sun. So thank you so much, and I'll talk to you later.